So this uh, ashram we're sitting in now um, was a, 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 a ruin. They, uh, from the road, it was. It just looked like a has-been palace. Just some of the features, some of the walls, and so forth. They're quite st solid, but much of it was uh, washed away by time. And uh, the elements here, which are quite severe, Govardhan is listed as one of the hottest inhabited places on Earth. It gets up to 140 degrees Fahrenheit sometimes. And uh, as long as Tamal Krishna Maharaj and Giriraj Maharaj spotted it on a parikram, it means the ruin here, this property. And uh, with help from friends and well-wishers, it's not so easy to to get property in Govardhan, especially not one like this. But they were able to get the property. And then uh, my dear friend Keshav Bharti Maharaj, who had been for some time singing these prayers, some of us heard them on the way in today. Havi Prabhu has uh, made the most beautiful rendition of prayers by Raghunath Das Goswami praying for residents at Govardhan. And Keshav Bharti Maharaj was telling me how he started reading those every day when he was in America. And then he got a phone call from Tamal Krishna Maharaj asking if he could come to Govardhan and help oversee the restoration of this place. And uh, he agreed and came here. And when he first arrived here and he sat down to do his regular daily sadhana, which included reading these prayers for uh, requesting residents in Govardhan, he realized, uh-oh, <laughs> I think Krishna just fulfilled my desire. <laughs> and, you know, he looked around him and he thought, I've been singing this prayer and now I'm here. And this became his home. And a Sit Krishna Maharaj, who's uh, been a Vaishnav since birth and a very advanced devotee, was also stationed here with Keshav Bharti Maharaj. And for several years, they went about the work of restoring this place. They used uh, the same materials that the place was built with hundreds of years ago. There, were, there was a person here nearby who was elderly, but he knew the science of how to mix the materials and it had to be done in a very particular way, just down in this courtyard. Or no, actually maybe it was right in front. They had a, a bullock that would go around and around and grind the, the limestone and the other ingredients, which I'm not privy to, or I can't remember. And they had workers here who, by the way, worked through the summertime. They'd carry baskets on their head when it was 125 degrees without uh, you know, uh, complaining, they just did their duty. Keshav Bharti Marsh told me that they had no electricity here and they had uh, just to pump water out of a pump. I don't know if you know that, realize the implications of no electricity when it's 120 degrees at night. It means to fall asleep, they had to get a gumsha soaking wet, then lie down on the 
ground and put the gumsha, the wet gumsha on them and hope they fall asleep before it would dry out. <laughs> and then there was the battle with the monkeys because monkeys are territorial and for years this was their palace. So when the devotees moved in here, see Krishna Maharaj who's here and also Kesha Bharti Maharaj, uh, the monkeys uh, were constantly fighting the, the construction. As, as the devotees would build things, the monkeys would come in wherever the you know, freshly built area was and try to defile it. <laughs> in fact, when they just put the floor in in the temple room, Kesha Bharti Marsh recalls how he came up the stairs and there was a big bull monkey in there with a, a huge a handful of uh, some materials. Uh, the floor was still settling and Maharaj looked at him, the monkey looked at him, and then the monkey went slap, <laughs> as if to say, <laughs> I'm good luck trying to build here. And, uh, and then, you know, for years, even after the place was built, there were, as is often the case in India, legal battles, and Sri Krishna Maharaj had to go in regularly to court and deal with all kinds of uh, barristers and uh, lawyers, you know, to, to get the title secured on this place. So it was a, a great battle to get this place. The conception that um, the original uh, founders of this place had was is an ashram where uh, preachers, active preachers, could come and uh, spend time hearing and chanting so they could get revived and then go back out to, to teach Christian consciousness to others. Actually, the word ashrama, shrama means hard labor for no result. Like in the material world, everyone has to work harder, and no matter how hard you work, everyone says it's not hard enough, especially nowadays. It's a thankless task of the way people have to work, and then they're oftentimes unceremoniously let go from their employ, and uh, that's shrama. You recognize it from the verse Shrama Avihi Kevalam. That if you're going about your business in this world and you don't get attraction for hearing about Krishna, then it's Shrama. And it's Avihi Kevalam. Absolutely, positively, without any doubt, just a waste of time. So Ashrama means the opposite. Ashrama means you're, uh, everything you do is consequential. And that's what. Uh, what it takes to make a sanctuary somewhere like this is a sanctuary and um, people sometimes call it the palace the uh, Govardhan palace I always call it a fortress it's built, built more like a fortress the walls are really thick but the reason it's a fortress is because of the intentionality of the devotees who made this place and who take care of it and who you know made a stand here in Govardhan is to uh, create a space so that um, anyone can come here and be fully absorbed in hearing and chanting. And, uh, with, and, it, and it's not easy because there's so many distractions internally and externally that we can sit down anywhere but then all of a sudden we'll think, oh, I have to get up again because I have other things I have to do. And if that's not the case then someone will tap, tap, tap on your door and you open the door, it's like, oh, you know, 
you have to fix the washing machine or whatever it may be. There's a, a lengthy list of ways that we can be distracted, not the least of which is just internally material desires that linger. So an ashrama is a, is a place where we work on purifying the heart so that uh, we can be fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita says, manmana bhava bhakto, just think of me. And that's the perfection of devotional service. So it takes practice and to have sustained practice, you have to have an ashrama, a place where you can enter in. And you can create an ashrama in your house, but you have to really work at it to make sure that you have a place to hear and chant where you can make steady progress in devotional service. As far as Govardhan goes, this is the ideal place for Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur noted that although Radhakund is the pinnacle of all places for Gaudiya Vaishnavas to reside because it's overflowing with the nectarian prema of Madhurya Ras. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta said, we prefer to be a little down the road and respect Radhakund from a distance. What to speak of the all-inclusive nature of Giriraj Govardhan, because Krishna here uh, gives himself freely to all his devotees. There's a way in which the Govardhan is so liberal. Well, first of all, he's there in the form of a mountain. We like to say Govardhan Mountain, or it's Govardhan Hill. And he's always there for anyone to do the most simple kind of worship, Padasevanam. Devotees come here from everywhere, all over the world. In fact, uh, when we we're staying here 20 years in a row during the Kartik uh, time. We'd sometimes put a book table out in front and um, the whole villages would come by, uh, packed together, going around Govardhan, singing. And um, one of the devotees uh, from Columbus, Ohio, who is uh, uh, Prem Vilas Prabhu, he's a doctor. He's also an imposing figure. He's a very tall, um, handsome, kind of uh, a very um, enthusiastic devotee. He'd be out there distributing books. And when the people would meet him, these uh, people who come from the village, they would just stand there. You could see that they were looking at him like, who is this demigod? And then they'd make a request. It happened several times. Could you come back to our village and be our guru? <laughs> and he'd ask me, what do you think? Why should I go? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but this is, there's people, uh, people come to uh, Govardhan uh, to uh, take shelter, some of them to fulfill their desires. You'll find people doing parikram and uh, dandavats. Whole families come here. Like in America, the kids want to go see the mouse. That's Disney. And it's a horrible experience. You know, they take the kids there and a Pepsi Cola costs $12. And the father's thinking, you know, I'm going to be broke at the end of this. <laughs> and the kids at the end of the day are cranky. They've touched the mode of passion. 
uh, so many times, and now they just are in anxiety. Everyone's crying. The, the but when they come here, you see families. They're simple, simple-hearted, and you know they invite. Okay, kids, time for vacation. Where are we going? Go over downhill. What are we going to do? Dandavat Parikram. Yay! <laughs> and so the parents are doing Dandavats, and then you'll see a gaggle of kids, you know, two, three, four, behind also doing And you, you'll never find anyone out of sorts doing Parikram. You'll never find anyone angry, cranky, especially Dandavat Parikram. They're rolling in the dust. If you look at them, they, they look like they're doing a little labor, which they are. It's not an easy thing. And I'm not recommending it either, necessarily. It's, it's not necessarily our thing to do. Maybe at Radha Kun, Shamakum, but if you want to do it. Um, but the fact is that everyone's happy going around Govardhan. It's the most simple kind of yagya. And even if you don't go, if you stand here and you watch as people are going around, especially during festival days, there's a, it looks like the Ganges River, but of, peop, of devotees, people from everywhere who have come here to worship at Giriraj, and you can just watch them going around and it's mesmerizing because you don't see anything like this anywhere. Usually when people are walking, they're going somewhere. Here you're going in a circle. It means you're getting back to the same place you started from. So like, the only reason they're walking around is because they're worshiping Krishna. And, and in such a, 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 a sweet way, a simple way, the whole pastime here is so sweet because Krishna saw the residents of uh, Vraj getting ready to perform a yagya for Indra. And then he went over and bewildered their minds. He was seven years old and he went over and talked to them Papa, why are you doing this? I mean, is this some Vedic thing? Or is it uh, just a, a ritual that, that you made up? Or what is it? And Nandamara said, Oh, no, son, this is something that's been passed down so many, many generations. No one can even remember where it came from. But we always do it. We worship Indra because he brings the rain. And the rain nourishes the grass. And that feeds the cows. And that's our source of livelihood, so we should worship Indra. And little Krishna said, but, but Papa, doesn't it rain on the ocean too? And they said, yes, son, of course it rains on the ocean. Said, well, there's nobody out there doing Indra puja, so why it rains on the ocean? Why you even have to bother then? And then he, he, he started speaking all these bogus philosophies just to bewilder the, the, the minds of his father in a very sweet way. In fact, they're so simple-hearted and they just love Krishna, his beauty overwhelms them. And they're just standing there going, okay, okay, son, that sounds good. And he recommends to his father and all the coward men that I, I have a better idea. Uh, pratyaksha is, is the highest form of evidence, he says. You, you have to see the person you're worshiping. Have you ever seen Indra? No. Well, but the hill, you know, Govardhan Hills, he, he's the one who's giving grass. Uh, Govardhan means the, the one who's nourishing the cows. And so he, he, should, he should be worshipped. So here's what we'll do. You take all this paraphernalia to, that, we're gonna, that you're going to worship Indra with, 
and we'll just use it to worship Govardhan. That's a better idea. And also, you can bring uh, mountains full of rice and all types of food, and you can offer it to Govardhan Hill. And then we'll all circumambulate Govardhan Hill together. In Vrindavan, everybody loves Krishna. Whenever there's danger, they call out to Krishna. Uh, they're thinking of Krishna all the time. Whenever he goes out to the pasture, they're thinking, when's he going to come back? And so when they heard Krishna say all these things and razzle-dazzle them with these different philosophies that he was speaking, karmakanda, they just said, okay, okay, we'll do it. And so they gathered together all the paraphernalia. Meanwhile, Krishna had his plan because he detected in Indra a sense of entitlement. And this is one of the lessons that we can learn from the Govardhan Leela is to always monitor oneself for the sense of entitlement because it's antithetical to uh, pure devotional service. It's the opposite of Trinadapi Sunichena, which is that I'm unqualified and I don't deserve anything. If someone feels that I'm unqualified and I don't deserve anything, then he or she can go on chanting and feel ecstasy. But as soon as there's a poisonous drop of entitlement that comes into the mind that, well, I've been here longer than everybody else, and I, I come from a good family, uh, you know, I know Sanskrit, or at least I know a little. Uh, that entitles me to something. And it creeps in and it becomes a corrosive substance that takes away our ability to actually sincerely call out to Krishna. Queen Kunti said it, that try to be a kinshana without any sense of entitlement. So the pastime is that Krishna had multiple purposes, but one of them was to help Indra overcome his sense of entitlement because he's so kind to his devotees. And when he notices that we have an anarta that grows in our heart, then he'll make a, a situation where maybe, you know, you'll stand up for, to sing the Guru Puja at a big festival. Everyone say, yeah, you're a great kirtan leader. You, you stand up there. And then all of a sudden you forget the words. <laughs> or just sing Sharira Vijajal. And like, I can't remember. And then, you know, uh, even I've seen, <laughs> well, anyway, it, it happens. And, and Krishna in various ways can bring us back to this mood of feeling like, who am I anyway? Who let me in here? Should, they should have never let me in, but somehow I'm here. And now uh, let me just be humble and appreciative. And when we have that, then we have a clear track on make, to making advancement in devotional service. So the setup for this Govardhan Puja was Krishna's desire to not only reform Indra, and help him overcome his false pride that he had developed, but also to be with his devotees at, uh, 24 hours a day, because the devotees were all wishing they could all, all be with Krishna. Everyone had the same desire, but he has a schedule to keep. And certain times of the day, he's with certain devotees. Uh, 
he's with his uh, mother and father, wakes up in the house and they feed him and they bathe him and feed him and take care of him just like we do in the temple. It's the same thing. We bathe the deities and we uh, feed them and then we, have, we sing for them. So that's what the parents do. But then he goes off to the forest to, to tend the, the, the cows and, ca the calves and, and then the cows when he gets older. And then everybody in the village misses him, but the, he's with the coward boys. And then when he comes home at night, he apparently goes to bed. They put his pajamas on and they massage him and everything like that. And then he goes out the window, sneaks out. And then he's with his girlfriends. But that's at night and they have to keep everything kind of cool because they don't want anybody to know. They can't. So it's secret. And so the, the, everyone has their time but they have to wait for it. And it's great pain in their hearts waiting to see Krishna the next time. So here at Govardhan, he arranged it. So for seven days, and who would have thought, you know, a little boy, seven years old, would run under the hill to protect everybody and just pick up the, the whole mountain and hold it aloft on little finger of left hand, just like this. And Krishna said, eh, no problem, just come under. I'll take care of you. And it was fully adorned underneath with everything that one needed for creature comforts. The cows were taken care of, all the people had palatial arrangements, and that's what Krishna does for his devotees. If someone just uh, surrenders to Krishna, then Krishna uh, carries what you lack and preserves what you have. So then, for seven days, all the devotees could be with Krishna and just uh, behold his beautiful form. That's all they want to do anyway. They just want to be with Krishna. Have you ever had a, a friend that you just wanted to be with? There's no particular reason. It's just that you wanted to be with that friend all the time. So that's how the, it's just a spontaneous attraction that, that the devotees in Vrindavan have for Krishna. They just, they, they just think he's great and that he's beautiful, and that everything he does is amazing, and everything he says is amazing. So they, they just want to be around him all the time. So there's a way that Krishna arranges that here at Govardhan. So he's standing there, and he's the sinusure. Everyone can see him from every side. You can move to any angle and see Krishna. <laughs> and he's talking and interacting with everyone, even while he's holding the hill, joking with his friends, as mother's worried, like your hand isn't going to get tired, we should take over for a while, uh, you have to eat something. The gopis are kind of secretly looking at him, he's looking at them. And all this is going on constantly for seven days and seven nights without stoppage. And that's what devotees really want, is just to be with Krishna. So their desires are f fulfilled here. And not only that, every, anyone who comes here will uh, absorb that same feeling, spontaneous feeling for worshiping Krishna. Just by being here, by walking around Govardhan, it comes up from the ground. It's like electricity. It comes up through the bottom of your feet and then up into your heart. And then just by being in this dom at Govardhan, you get that f feeling that the residents at Vrindavan have and it changes you. So we're really fortunate to come here especially to see Asit Krishna Maharaj and the devotees who run this ashram because 
Well, just, anyway, you can just look at them for yourself. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the most important and sacred place anywhere in the universe. And in fact, our main deity in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is Giri Raj. That's why Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave Govardhan Shila to Raghunath Das Goswami, who is our Prayojan Acharya. And um, it's that spontaneous, simple, spontaneous worship of Krishna that you see uh, from Raghunath Das Goswami, inspired by by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So uh, we're really lucky to be here and uh, we can just, the air here is rarefied, the, everything, it's the spiritual world. This is the best place. So we'll um, take a little prasadam and then we'll just uh, go to a few places so we can just absorb the environment. We can sing uh, for, for Giri Raj at uh, Govindakund. We can, uh, Swing by and see Lord Nishringadev, the sweetest Lord Nishringadev you'll ever see in your life. He's up on the, on the very tip of Govardhan Hill. Then we can keep going. There's innumerable places we can go, but we, sh we can go to the other side then and uh, go to Uddhavakund, which is uh, an extremely important place. There are prayers written there at that temple where Uddhava is praying for uh, residents in Vrindavan, but in a special way. He wants to be a clump of grass so that when the dust of the feet of the residents here floats up, it will land on his head. And that's the mood uh, to enter Vrindavan, is to feel oneself unqualified and just hoping to get a speck of dust from the uh, lotus feet of, of the uh, eternal residents here in Vrindavan. And then from there, we'll go a little further down the road to uh, Radhakun Shamakun, and we'll reverentially go in and take some water on our head from Radhakun, and then go to Shamakun, take some water on our head, go back to Radhakun, take some water on our head, and offer our prayers. We can sing the Upadeshamrita together uh, on the banks, uh, if we can find a spot big enough to handle all of us. And then uh, we'll um, have come into the spiritual realm and we'll have made advancement in devotional service. Om Tat Sat.